Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 83, the Drew Bennett of Sodes. That's our guy. Uh, that's our guy. And that, you know what? I know we get him on a lot uh, just because like, we're BFFs with him. Uh, no but we need to get him back on soon because I've missed that guy. I, you know, he would have been a great guest to get on this week because he would have made me just feel better. Yeah. About the Titans. He, like, he, he has know. that, he has that energy, you know, that, yeah. that comforting, that comforting presence. And then, you know, right. to be honest, the Titans may, maybe could use him right now. That's true. With the that, limited weapons they have. Uh, no joke. I would take a, I don't even know how, let's say he's 42 years old. I have no idea how old he is. Uh, I would take a 42 year old Drew Bennett over, uh, what we got on Sunday. Uh, yeah. And look, I love Nick. We love Nick Westbrook. Akina. That's nothing. That's, that's not true. We, we have to make that clear because uh, he's not who we're mad at this week. Drew Bennett, a steady producer during his sixth season with the Titans from 2001 to 2006, uh, highlighted by his 20 or 2004 season when he had 80 catches for over 1200 yards, uh, second most in a single season in Titans era and 11 touchdowns. Uh, oh, and also, I uh, forgot to mention, he's also extremely attractive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just yeah. so good looking. Probably one of the better looking Titans in history. And I'd in say. that 2004 season, a lot of that damage was done when Billy Volk, they had a four-game stretch together. And we had him on to talk about this one time. Uh, where, where Drew Bennett, back in 2004, won a ton of people their fantasy leagues. Yeah, Went off in a four-game stretch. I think he had uh, he set the record for single-game receptions against yep. maybe the Chiefs it was. Um, and he went off in that season. 2004 belonged to Drew Bennett. There was one game uh, that Drew ben- or, I mean, that Billy Volek played in that he had close to 500 yards passing in an NFL game. Backup quarterback Billy Volek. All right. Don't look, don't ever forget him and his name. We need to get him on the podcast. We were close to getting him. It has been that- such a just it's such trouble trying to okay. win that guy. We we need to, we need to, and you know what? Uncle Drew said he would uh he would help. Like he he said if he, he did he, and, and he did he put us in the same group text and you know for we we had Billy ready to go and one day he had to move some stuff and that's uh, true I know he backed gone. out last last minute that was one of our emergency guest episodes yeah we need we'll we will get Billy Velik on this uh, on this podcast all right mark my words uh, and speaking of Mark we could have also been the Mark Mariani of Sodes eighty mm. three's been kind to the Titans hasn't it. It, it's 83 good number solid strong number for for the titans um hey i got a question what do you do for a titans podcast after the titans lose to the jets oh 
Well, you, you have to talk about it, don't you? Do you do Vinner's Alley? Do you? Oh. Uh, is it a, a group therapy type deal? Yeah, no, no, plan? yeah, like, no. Seriously, like, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm. This is we're in uncharted. I'm legitimately water. asking because I have no idea what we should do today, Jack. Like, I, I legitimately, I want to jump off a roof, but I don't think that would make for a good podcast. Maybe no. the splat at the end, but that's about it. No, if this was a video podcast, maybe. But since we're we're audio, I think yeah. it'd be tough for people to really grasp. Right, and I don't know, you know, and with with Facebook and Instagram going down this week, you never know. Like if you post it, like will will you even be yeah. able to post it? The graphic content, it'll be a whole right, and then you got to flag it, and then yeah, who knows uh, what's going on. So, uh, but yeah, so Jack and I are going to talk to you be to prevent us from doing any harm to ourselves uh, mm -hmm. because of how awful this past week of football was. Uh, we're going to be joined by Tucker Bethard. Uh, you may know him as CJ's younger brother, or you may know him as singer songwriter, uh, Tucker Bethard, uh, country artist. He's opened up for Brantley Gilbert. Uh, um, Luke Combs, I want to say too. Luke Combs toured with Dirks Bentley. Uh, uh, got a great album the Opry. called King. Yes, uh, it's out. So yeah. go check Dude, that out. He's a fun guy. I think you guys are going to like him. And look, and if you're like, why aren't you talking to a football guy? First of all, he is a football guy. He's got ties to the Jaguars. We're going to be talking to him about the upcoming matchup, Jags, Titans. But also, we need a guest that can kind of just take our minds off of football for a little <laughs> bit. Okay. We need this. Everyone listening to this needs this. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, yeah, it's look, it's going to be a good sode. We, it's going to be a good sode. All right. It look it and I, and the only reason I know this is because it can't be any worse than the game you watched on Sunday. So just sit back, enjoy it. Let's, let's all vent together. Let's all just ride in this misery. Misery loves company and you're going to be our company for, for the next, I don't know, however long this podcast is. And before we get into all of that though, let's first get a word from the Ridge. The Ridge is located off Charlotte Avenue and 54th Avenue in Sylvan Park. And let me tell you, they do barbecue right. They do barbecue right. The Ridge is known for its originals on the menu. You get the play on words. Try their award-winning Chicano sandwich. It's truly something to behold. That's brisket, chorizo, pickled jalapenos with a chipotle aioli and queso to finish, finish it off. It's served on a French roll and pressed like a Cuban. With sandwiches like these, it's no surprise that the Ridge lays claim to one of the most unique menus in Nashville, and I truly mean it. It is one of the most unique menus in all of Nashville, especially for a barbecue place. It's a great place to watch a game, too. Nothing goes with football like the Ridge's game day wings. They're so delicious. You can even wash them down at their upstairs bar with a couple of cold ones. Uh, the, the best part of it is if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, you'll receive a 10% discount on your order. Yep, you heard that right. 10% off on your entire order. Download the Ridge app to access their curbside contactless delivery to safely enjoy Nashville's best barbecue. Head to the Ridge this weekend if you want to get out of the house to watch some football with some great food and an adult beverage or two. When you go, because I know you will, you should make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. If I didn't live in Chicago, I would have been at the Ridge on Sunday uh, to watch the Titans and then to drown myself in their originals uh just to eat my sorrows away just barbecue sounds, sauce and beer that's all you need to get over i legitimately wall. think that is the only thing that could have made sunday any better it was just uh, just some ridge 
right? Just stuff into my face mm. after freaking losing to the damn Jets. All right. With that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train are coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I'm sucking what is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Tighten Up Podcast. Today's October 6, 2021. Uh, Another day in the simulation. <laughs> there's an old adage, Jack, that says, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. Whew. So that's, that's going to do it for today. <laughs> that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Thank you guys so much. And uh, with that said, tighten up. up. <laughs> We can't do that. Unfortunately, no. as, as much as, you know, we, we don't want to talk about that loss, we have to. Uh, we're here every week. We we sing the Titans' praises when they win, but we, you know, we've got to talk about their their losses, and this is probably as bad as it'll get. Uh, hopefully, it's as bad as it'll get, because I, uh, you lose to the Jets. That The Titans lost to the Jets. That, that could be the Jets' only win this season. I, I mean, we're talking about a Jets team with a rookie quarterback, a first-year head coach, uh, Elijah Moore is hurt. They, they don't have all their weapons and they still find a way to beat the Titans. It was Sunday was a disaster and you could kind of see it coming throughout the week. You know, Julio Jones, AJ Brown ruled out. They don't go. And uh, from then on, the storm was, was brewing. The, the dark clouds were getting closer and closer. And finally they unleashed their rain and lightning as the Titans lost in overtime on a missed kick by Randy Bullock, which would have only gotten the Titans to a tie. Jack, you said, I don't think it can get any worse from losing, uh, you know, than losing to the Jets. It can't get any worse than losing to the Jets. The Jets are, the, the Jets are probably the worst franchise in the NFL. And the Titans just, just went in and said, yeah, here guys. Well, you know, we're very, look, the Titans are a very charitable organization. We saw that after uh, the tornado hit downtown Nashville, We've seen that numerous times. Just the Titans will just bend over backwards to help others. People helping people. And damn it, if I if I if I I'd be remiss if I said they didn't do it on Sunday. They definitely bent over backwards. And Jack, it was it was almost poetic this loss in the sense that you go into the game without Julio Jones, without AJ Brown, two of the three-headed monster that we have that this offense has been touted over uh this entire season or off season and meanwhile the guy that you let walk to get Julio Jones Corey Davis the guy that you let walk who used to sit alongside AJ Brown Corey Davis makes the go ahead touchdown in the game late in the game in the fourth quarter just a hail mary from from that 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 Mormon Zach Wilson, <laughs> you know, like the dude, like the uh, he made big I, catches all day long. Corey Davis did, and that was another big problem. We thought that heading into this year, you know, Janoris Jenkins, Jackrabbit Jenkins, whatever you want to call him, uh, Bud Dupree, some of the guys they drafted, Danico Autry, um, you know, maybe the reemergence of Kevin Byard. We 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 thought that the days of allowing the big plays. We're coming to an end. Nope, that's not the case. The Titans this season have allowed nine plays of 30 yards or more. And I'm going to take it down one yard to 29 because on Sunday, 
there were four plays where, where the Titans allowed 29-yard passes. Um, and, and there was one instance where Dane Cruikshank was called for a defensive pass interference. That penalty uh, was worth 43 yards. All of these, all of these big plays, these big catches, these big penalties led to Jets scores. It was the same old Titans that with problems last year resurfacing along with some new problems, because we're going to talk about the new problems um, emerging as well. It's a very troubling state right now. If you're doing the state of the union for the Titans, uh, you're pretty worried because this is, this team is too talented, but also too banged up right now. It's right. you're, you're, You're kind of trying to find a balance of where the Titans actually stand. It's impossible to tell. You can't take a litmus test on these guys. Uh, because they don't have their full roster, and that's a big problem. My first thought was, okay, piss-poor game. You're banged up. Just get healthy, all right? Burn the tape and How many tapes do we have to burn, though, Austin? And never look back. Yeah, and that's a great point, Jack, because we can't keep burning tapes. Like, we're, we're running out of lighter fluid here. We had to burn the Cardinals tape week one. Now we've got to burn the Jets week four? We're four weeks in. And we're all, we've already burnt two of the tapes, but like pretty soon we're not gonna have any tapes left to remember this season. They're gonna by. stop giving us tapes because we burned them all. They're gonna be like, why? Like the guy at freaking Best Buy is gonna be like, why do you keep coming in here every week to buy new tapes? And it's like, well, it's because we burned the last one. Like <laughs> we gotta like I don't I, I'm kind of tired of burning the tapes. And I don't know, maybe this is a bury the football game. Maybe you take the game ball and you symbolically bury it on the practice field. Maybe that's the play. Are the Titans pyromaniacs? I, I mean, that has to be considered at some point with all the burning. I mean, look, we saw we saw Mike Vrabel in his basement during the draft last year. That looked like a, a family of just pyro heads. You can't rule anything out. And and we saw the we saw that one fan blow up uh, during the Colts game. Yeah, and the, season, week yeah, one. I was going to say the Titans field was set on fire by themselves. Literally, there's fire in the Titans logo. So maybe the Titans are just straight up pyros. All right, th- th- this this has some legs to it. We'll we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to watch it throughout the season. Are they are the Titans losing games on purpose just for the excuse to burn tapes? <laughs> it somebody has to ask that question. We wouldn't be our doing our jobs if we didn't ask that. Look, that's that's the hard hitting questions that you will only find on the Tighten Up podcast. Uh, but Jack, no, like I, I do, I want to ask a question because I, I legitimately, I've been going through the, uh, what I like to call the seven stages of grief. Um, and it's, these are kind of fine-tuned, the, the, the seven stages of NFL grief, I'll say. And these are kind of fine-tuned uh, to the Tennessee Titans. I I, I, I posted these on Cork Bats earlier uh, today. Um, but we all know the seven stages of grief, right? You know, just the, the typical run. Anger, denial. Exactly. Yes. All of that. Yeah. These are the seven stages of NFL grief. Okay. You've got, first of all, you've got shock. All right. Initially, you're like the freaking Jets. We lost to the damn Jets. It are didn't you hit you immediately. It took a while to set in. And you're, you're just like, like oh in awe. God. You're like, did this really just happen? Mm-hmm. Then comes denial. All right. For for a while, it may feel as though you know the refs screwed you over. So then you'll scour Facebook and Reddit, and you'll look for like conspiracies on how the league wants the bigger market teams to win. That games. wasn't that wasn't a thing this week. The refs they weren't a big problem in my eyes. No, that no, they weren't. They weren't. So so denial probably didn't last very long. No. Then you hit anger, and you're mm. like, someone needs to be fired. Wait, no. 
Someone needs to be murdered. Murder. <laughs> We're yeah. considering it's only week four. We can't murder anyone. Yet. You go. You go to anger. I'm telling you. And then you go to laughing, which I. I no joke. This I hit this Monday. Monday, I I was on. Uh, I was in the laughing phase of my seven stages mm -hmm. of NFL grief, where like and I just started to laugh at the absurdity of the situation that the that the freaking Titans lost to the Jets this week. Laugh then, to keep from crying. Yeah. And then right, and then you make jokes on Twitter, hoping that will make you feel anything but dead inside, but it won't. That won't work. <laughs> no, it won't. You will still feel the endless void in your in your soul inside of you. Uh, after losing to the Jets. Then you hit to blaming where, you know, look, everything is John Robinson's fault. And the few things that aren't John Robinson's fault, they're Taylor Lewan's fault, all right? I think every Titans fan has been going through blaming. That's, yeah, that, that's, finger that's where we are. That's you get a lot, look, uh, after a lot, after any loss, you get a lot of finger pointing. After a loss to the Jets, dude, you're using all 10 fingers to point in different directions. Like, that's what you're doing. That, that's what, I, and you know, the, the, your first bad loss in this, in this case, it's a, it's a catastrophic loss. You know, all of the problems and all of those doubts you had in your mind just sprint towards the surface. I mean, they, yeah. they, they all come up, they, they all come up for air at the same time and Titans fans have to deal with all of them at once. Uh, you know, depth, the, the stars not playing like stars, the offensive line, not playing well, the defense giving up big plays, the coaches getting out coached by uh, first year head coaches. Tannehill getting outplayed by a rookie quarterback. John Robinson not being able to put draft picks on the field. All of these problems have come up. Yeah, and then and then after all of the all of the blaming and all of that, you hit you hit radio show calling. <laughs> that's where uh, <laughs> that's where you just start calling the radio shows to say you know hey uh, you know do you think this team should maybe go and sign Larry Fitzgerald? Yeah, just incoherent he's, rambling. Yeah, he's technically not retired. He's technically not retired. <laughs> Do you think they should take a flyer out on Larry Fitzgerald? Thanks, and I'll hang up and listen. And then, and then, and then finally, the last stage of NFL grief, you're just ready to be hurt again. And the, the freaking last week's in the past. All right. They lost to the Jets. Boom. Who do we got next up? Oh, the Jags. All right. Yeah, definitely. I'm ready to have this rug pulled straight out from under me again. I'm ready to for Lucy to pull that football away as I'm ready to kick it and and miss another field goal like uh, we did with Randy Bullock this week. Uh, oh. So, Jack, but I, I'm currently kind of in that, like, I, I'm in between, like, the laughing and the blaming phases of the grief right now, currently. I'll probably be calling. I, I mean, I, I will be calling a radio show tomorrow. Uh, but my question is, <laughs> my question is Jack and I've, I legitimately thought this at one point this week, like while I'm going through these stages of grief are the Titans, a bad team, like, no. are they, are, hang on. Are they a bad team? And we just like, we just have the wool pulled over our eyes. Like, are we just like, are we just like our, 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 because we have Derrick Henry, because we have Julio Jones and AJ Brown, like we just think on them all of a sudden they're a good team. There are great players on bad teams all over. Look at Saquon Barkley with the damn Giants. Okay, like they're good players on bad teams. Are the Titans a bad team? The Titans we're just like we're, we're like we're just like it, it's such a tough pill to swallow that we like refuse to for it to go down. The Titans are not a bad team. And as frustrated as we are right now, we've got to come to turn. They've had five straight winning seasons. They've been to the playoffs a couple of times. Uh, a couple of years ago, and, they, but, they made it as deep as the AFC championship game. And they've and gotten better. They, they're they not a bad team. They beat the Seahawks. They beat the Colts. Both of those guys 
are, are, are what a lot of people ex- expected at the beginning of the year to be playoff contenders and, and potentially Seahawks is a Super Bowl contender, although they're in a tough division. They're not a bad team. Can a, can a good team, can a really good team have a bad outing? Absolutely. But we look across the league. The Bills played the Texans this week, a very similar game, you know, with expectations ahead of the, uh, before the season. The Bills expected to, expected to compete for a trip to the Super Bowl. The Texans looking like probably it's going to be a top three pick in the draft. Same situation with the Titans, right? Titans, uh, before the season, a lot of people are saying, hey, this team could come out of the AFC. It's going to be one of the one of the last teams standing in the conference. While the Jets are, man, are they going to lose every single game this year? I don't know. Maybe. Look what happened on Sunday. The Bills beat the Texans by 40. The Titans lose in overtime to the Jets. The Titans are not a really good team right now. They're, and, and they're a fringe good team at this point in the season. Now, it's we're, a quarter, we're less than a quarter in now that it's a 17-game season. We played four. Titans are two and two in both of those, or two and two in those four games. They're not a bad team, but they are a long ways away from being a really good team, much less a great team. I so the two teams that you said that you know the Titans. I mean, they are historically good teams. I don't disagree with you there. But uh, the two teams that the Titans have beaten this season are a combined three and five. Um, so I don't know, maybe. Like I, I, and look, I don't, I'm not me. I don't want to play devil's advocate. I don't want the Titans to be a bad team, but it's like, are, are we just, are, are we just not seeing it? Are we, you know, are we, are we so ingrained in the Titans and being Titans homers? We literally picked this team to go 17 and 0, which uh, I, <laughs> I, I don't think is going to happen anymore. Man, I'm, that just, I'm starting it, it, to have doubts about our predictions, Jack. Yeah. Look, 15 and two is still available, still in play. But they're not going 17 and all. And even our amended predictions, 16 and one, they're not doing that That's either. That's busted too. That got busted quick. So I like, are we just so such big homers that we're like, like no, we're just, we call it, we call it like we see it. We pull, are we in denial? We pull for the Titans, but we call it like we see it as we, well. Yeah, I like and to we, think so too. We're not in denial. The Titans are without some major key, you know, some very key contributors. Bud Dupree, Julio Jones, the biggest moves in the offseason are not out there, and that's a big problem. The draft picks. Caleb Farley's still not ready to go. He came in with a back injury. He's got a shoulder. Dylan Radins is a healthy scratch, for God's sake, with the depth you have on the offensive line to not even dress Dylan Radins, your second-round tackle. What's going on there? That's a huge miss is what it looks like from John Robinson. Monty Rice in the third round. He's only playing special teams. And then Elijah Molden has been invisible. He had a rude wake-up call to the NFL week one when he got toasted by the Cardinals multiple times. Des Fitzpatrick, their fourth-round pick, they're down two receivers. And he's not even in consideration for being brought up to the active roster. John Robinson, we, we said it before the season. This was a draft he had to have. All mistakes in the past were forgiven. Isaiah Wilson would have been forgiven if you could assemble a, a decent draft class that could help and contribute and, and, and produce for you in, in this rookie class. He hasn't found a single one of them. And it's just so it, – that's the, that's the worst part about it. Not only the offseason additions aren't in there to play, but neither are the draft picks. Depth is a big problem with this team. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad roster. But without their top pieces, they fall to average. Maybe right now they're slightly below average. Uh, I believe it was Shane Bowen, maybe or maybe it was the uh, the secondary coach. I can't remember who it was, but someone said, uh, basically said like it's not. Um, 
it wasn't a lack of communication this week when it came to the secondary. Uh, it was a, it, he, he said it was a uh, level of execution on the field or, hmm. or like well, quitting on the field. Uh, like to that, I question it because these cornerbacks are playing nine yards off the line of scrimmage behind the sticks, which Rabel said they wouldn't do this year. Yeah. They're, they're not playing it. They're not getting up close. And on, you know, that I believe it was a third and six. Janoris Jenkins is three yards behind the, the first down marker. I, if they're not teaching these guys, I don't know, you know, what will get through to, 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 the, to the secondary because they're making huge mistakes just in lining up that shouldn't be made. We should yeah. be long past that stage. That was a conversation we had last year, and now it's being brought back up again. And, and maybe a part of that is why now they're back to allowing huge plays down the field. It's, it's mind-boggling, and at some point, you know, these coordinator hires, which aren't panning out so far, they, they fall back on Mike Grable. We, uh, Jack and I are unveiling a new segment this week. Uh, it's a new segment we're testing mm-hmm. the waters for. We figured, you know, this would be a good week to try it out. Uh, the segment's called Winners and Losers. All right, where we're just going to, you know, we'll hit you with a list of winners and a list of losers. From Not the bars game. in Midtown. Not the bars in Midtown. No, these are strictly the players that played in the game on Sunday. Um, so uh, the winners of the week, I'll go ahead and get us started. I have written down absolutely nobody. Um, and then now moving on to the losers mm-hmm. yeah, of the week. Quick, that was a quick winner's list. Although I do think uh, you could put Derrick Henry on that list. Ever, well, yeah. Uh, uh, sorry. Yes. Uh, okay. Let me amend that. Winners this week, Derrick Henry. God love Derrick Henry, man. That was I, – I, I will say this. And you know like you – you know how like when – a team loses the worst in everyone comes out all mm-hmm. fans, you know, the worst takes come out. I saw Paul Kaharski was tweeting something about the, 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 the social media social, team. Oh yeah. No. The social media team, like, Berserk. like, 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 like posting photos of guys wearing suits on their walk to the plane. Like that, <laughs> that was like the most, I look, we, we love PK. Uh, he's he's he, you know he's come on this podcast. Granted, he he absolutely roasted us when he came on this yeah, podcast. We, we got after it with PK a little bit. He he came on this podcast. Uh, but man, that is an old man take. That is the word. That is the lazy, like the dumbest of dumb takes that you're gonna get on the social media team because they're posting suits when and that doesn't follow Mike Vrabel's message. When or... Vrabel said something about it doesn't matter about the suits you wear or the cars you drive. It just a matter about what how you play on the football field like that ludicrous take that that was beyond that is arguably one of the worst takes i've ever seen from a professional like that sounds like a take that you would find on reddit from like a disgruntled fan Mm -hmm. like that's a facebook take or or yeah you know that's what it is it's a facebook take for like someone that's like super old who spends all their time on facebook in the comments talking about how you know the social media teams posting all these pictures of suits (laughs) like it's so dumb like that, that is not where our focus should be. The social media team has nothing to do with the way the Titans play on the field. No. Plus, what do you, what, what do you want them to wear? You, you want them to wear just what, like. It's something that all 32 teams in the, in the NFL do. They have social teams that post their pregame out, their pregame does, suits, whatever the, whatever the hell they're wearing. Does Paul want them to rock like something a little closer to his fit. You know, maybe some plaid cargo shorts and uh a very loose fitted under armor t-shirt <laughs> like what like pk come on man like let's, let's come on dude that was bad i don't want to spend too much time harping on that because that was just i, I can't 
stand talking about it. it yeah. And it, so, so anyway, so yeah. So anyway, uh, he goes on the De- losers list this week. Der- Derek Henry is on, is our, our winners list. The guy, God love him. He is, he is, he doesn't, he deserves better. Honestly, he's the, he's the one guy that like just go, gets after it every single game. Oh, I was saying, I, I, I did find uh one lady who was like, who, who found the photo of him in that, in his chess suit is what I'm calling it. <laughs> the checkerboard suit and say, she said something like, uh, <laughs> Oh gosh, I wish I could, I, I could remember what it was, but she, she just went off on, uh, on Derrick Henry and saying that he needs to, he needs to produce more or something. Yeah. Derrick Henry's doing as much as he can and he's being force fed the football. And that's a oh, big problem with me. I, I, wait, wait, wait. Coming off a 2000 yard season, Derrick Henry is being completely and totally Jeez. overworked. She said, stop showboating and deliver. First of all, Derrick Henry, showboating in the same sentence. Second of all, deliver. I've heard Derrick Henry speak on like seven occasions. The dude rushed for 150 yards on Sunday. He leads the NFL in rushing yards by over 148 yards to the next guy. And and you know who's His yards after contact is second in the league behind Derrick Henry's total yards. Through, like through four games in any season of all time, this dates back to where you know if you throw a thirty-yard pass, they're tying rocks to your feet and throwing you a, a, in the river to test if you're a witch. This goes all the way back in football. The most touches through four games in any season. Rodney Hampton in '93 had 134 touches. Man, James Potter. In 85, 129 with Ricky Williams, also with 129 in 03. Derek Henry right behind them. Fourth most touches through four games in the history of football. He has 127 touches so far. If Derrick Henry played in New England in the 1600s, be called the my, Henry Witch Trials. My man would be he would be tarred and feathered for being a witch for mm-hmm. the things he does on a football field. I still think he's a witch. <laughs> I mean, just, I, some I guess of it makes no sense. Witchcraft may be more acceptable these days. I don't know, but I, he is definitely a witch without question. Derrick Henry. There's some uh, supernatural stuff going on with that guy. Yeah. Henry Pocus. But back to the losers. I, there's there's so many. Where are you even going to start here? So, yeah. So, uh, yeah, to the losers, just everyone. Everyone's a loser everyone, after that yeah. game. That's pretty easy. Um, all right. Uh, now, moving on uh, to another <laughs> segment that we do called Venter's Alley. Uh, it is a segment that we unveiled last year. After the Titans, well, the Titans started five and zero last year, and it felt good. We we're riding high, and we we're like, "Oh, we'll never have to do this Venter's Alley segment." And then they, and then they just started sucking, uh, and we it seemed like we were doing it every other week. And so we we grew to hate this segment, mm-hmm. but we figured, you know, it's time we do. Maybe this Venter's year it'll Alley. be better for us. And Venter's Alley, for those of you that are new to the podcast, uh, we all know of Printer's Alley. If you're familiar with Nashville, you're familiar with Printer's Alley. Printer's Alley back alley of just some of the biggest dive bars in Nashville. It's kind of off the beaten path from, um, from where all the tourists go. So it still is, you know, kind of like a, you know, for the most part, a local place, uh, you know, some tourists find their way back there, but it is mostly, uh, you know, where it, and it's where high schoolers go to get drunk because, you know, yeah. like was it Under, Miss Kelly's Miss Kelly's, Kelly's doesn't card. So that Lonnie's time, over there. Yeah. Yeah. Lonnie. So, Printer's Alley, you go into Printer's Alley feeling good. By the time you leave Printer's Alley, you're feeling like crap. You're mm-hmm. feeling terrible. Oh my God, man. 
Cigarettes so, inside of Miss Kelly's light. I mean, right. all kinds of stuff is it? No one has ever left Printer's Alley being like, "Yeah, I I feel good right now." No, it's <laughs> not. It's not. First of all, no one's ever left Printer's Alley enunciating words. That's for sure. <laughs> so we un- we unveiled Venter's Alley, mm-hmm. and Venter's Alley is the exact opposite. You come in feeling like crap after a loss. We only do this segment after losses. And then you leave Venter's Alley feeling good because we give you a couple of negatives that, you know, really that we're vending about. And then we give you a couple of positives that is, you know, something to take home with you. I'll be honest with you. This Venter's Alley doesn't have that as many positives (laughs) as you might expect. But um, Jack, let's just go. Let's just real quick. Let's roll through these. What what is uh, your your item number one in Venter's Alley? For me, it's giving up the big play, and that was a big problem last year. I mentioned some stats earlier. The Titans' defense has allowed nine plays of 30 yards or more so far this season. That's only four games in, so that's over two plays a game where opposing offenses are busting off big plays for at least 30 yards. That is a big problem. You short up your secondary by bringing in Janoris Jenkins. Christian Fulton, by the way, has been a standout on defense. I don't know that he should be in the losers category. He had a pick this week. Yeah. But uh, he's doing his job on his side. Janoris Jenkins has been a huge liability. Uh, you know, for a guy who calls himself Jackrabbit, he's looking much more like the tortoise than the hare. He's, he's, he looks slower <laughs> than everybody. He's falling down out there. Uh, he's not holding up his end of the bargain. Well, and wait. that that's and- the, the Titans needed that. They, they had to find a corner. Because John Robinson in the first round, he went to he even he went as far as to draft the corner in the first round. Titans had plenty of needs: edge rusher, wide receiver. There there are a handful of ways you could go with that first round pick. J. Rob takes a corner that's fresh out of back surgery, so you need Janoris Jenkins to produce early in the year until Caleb Farley gets you know you know better. Which honestly, I I'm not expecting any much of anything out of Caleb Farley at all this year. Janoris Jenkins hasn't been there, and he's been a big pro- he's been a big problem of giving up the big play. Amani Hooker goes down. Dane Crookshank steps in. A DPI penalty. Uh, everything. Uh, the big plays came to Corey Davis, Keelan Cole, and, and that's it on on Sunday. Just Corey Davis and Keelan Cole. Those two guys are are more than coverable. Corey Davis, I get it. You know he's he's in a revenge game. He's gonna he's he's gonna try and get his a little bit. And he, he found the end zone. Made a couple of big catches. But Corey right, Davis, right. Be- this, this wasn't a playoff game. So you Corey, know Corey Davis show is, up. Yeah, good point. Corey Davis is not DeAndre Hopkins. He can be contained. And Keelan Cole is a guy the Titans have, have seen for years in Jacksonville. There's no reason why Keelan Cole should be, you know, game breaking on the Titans defense, but that's what happened. So my first problem on Venner's Alley is giving up the big play. Shane Bowen's got to figure that out. You said Jack Rabbit is more like the tortoise than the hare. Jack, I'd argue that we want him to be more like the tortoise and the hare because in the end of the day, the tortoise won that race. Well, who's he racing again? That's the problem. All of the, he's been losing all of these races <laughs> against these wide receivers going. Maybe we have to wait until the end of the season. Maybe, maybe look, maybe Janoris Jenkins is going to make one of the biggest picks of the season, and and that's what he'll prove that he is the hare. To I, mean, I, I appreciate is, you putting is that the tortoise. In the he is the tortoise to the hare. You know, yeah. it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. And the tortoise taught us that valuable lesson. You know, 
slow and steady wins the race jack we we've just got to make it to the end of the year without another dead body popping up in his house that's true that's there's true. a lot of problems that was on his brother jack and that you know brother, that. Okay, that, that was his brother right. he had he wasn't even in the state at the time I know. uh my first item on venner's alley the offensive line jack oh miserable oh my gosh like i miss jack conklin so bad i i am every week after after every titans game win or lose I am that Wolverine meme where I'm just lying in bed, caressing a photo of Jack Conklin. <laughs> that is, that's all I do. I I miss him because you know, like, look, I love and look, David Quisenberry. I appreciate him and his efforts and everything. He's older. He's not getting the job done. He's struggling. No, Taylor Lewan. Uh, actually, let me hold off on Taylor Lewan. Uh, uh, so Vrabel said uh, there were times Tannehill needs to get the ball out but has to be a better pocket so that when he slides away from one pressure, he's not sliding into more pressure. I don't think Tannehill is to blame here. And I know I was on the Titan subreddit earlier. Um, and I noticed there were, there was a lot of Tannehill slander out. In it looks like Titan his clock's street. moving a little fast. It looks like it's I, and, one and a half times sped up. And I get it. He's got the eight or was it what? Six years uh, prior to coming to Nashville in Miami where he was not good. And so people are like thinking, Oh, the clock striking midnight for, you know, oh. Cinderella Hill. Um, <laughs> That's well, clever. Let me say, let me say this. Ryan Tannehill is still playing great football. And he is that look, there may be one or two times where he should get the pass out, but he also to Vrabel's quote, he needs a better pocket and he's not getting one. Ryan Tannehill is still playing phenomenal football. His And look, I, I don't know if you want to go by PFF grades. I know people kind of feel differently about them. He's still grading well on PFF, if that's any consolation. He's got no he, weapons. He's got – he does, yeah, he doesn't have any – like his go-to receiver for the – like last week – Really, the week, the last week and a half has been Chester Rogers. Mm -hmm. No, no. Look, this isn't a shot at Chester Rogers. He's been playing incredible. He's stepped up in a big way. But if your go-to guy is Chester Rogers, that says something about your football team, like your roster, your depth, something that the Titans are lacking in right now. So let's not be clowning Tannehill. If you want to clown someone, clown this offensive line because they have been awful even our boy roger saffold hashtag get saffold laid he has not been playing well he left the game on sunday too and that was a big problem because ben jones came out aaron brewer snapped it over yep. Tannehill's head yeah he settle for a field goal instead of a touchdown saffold uh, he i think he suffered a concussion on the, on sunday he wasn't available taylor Lawn had to come out like he does every week right the number of sacks that Tannehill took on third down especially it, it was frustrating. They, he got sacked seven times. Tannehill has been sacked more than any quarterback in the league. 17 oh. times already through four weeks. That's four sacks a week. And all right? 17 times through four games. Last season, in all 16 games, Tannehill was only sacked 24 times. 24 hate, all season. That was seventh best in the NFL. I hate Tannehill's life. been sacked more by any other, more than any other quarterback in the league. And I hate that, this life. We talked about old problems resurfacing. This is a this is a very new problem for yeah. Ryan Tannehill in this Titans offense. I hate this life. So yeah. So before you're quick to rip on Tannehill, know that this dude is he's dropping back and and just 
<laughs> like, like he could take a knee and like still not hit the turf <laughs> as many times as, as he has on dropbacks. It's now, Taylor Lewan, real quick thing I want to say on Taylor Lewan, and we've gone back and forth on Taylor Lewan the last three weeks. We, 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 we ripped him hard after the Chandler Jones game. We, we gave him praise. Uh, I mean, he was out the second week. Which after was better week, than being in after week one. Yeah, honestly. Uh, after week three, we gave him praise. He deserved it. He played great against the Colts. But then Taylor Lewan does what Taylor Lewan does. He gets mouthy. He starts talking to the media about how much it hurt his feelings, that the crowd booed him. Then, and then uh, there was an NFL cl- Films clip that I tweeted after the game on, uh, on Sunday uh, from after the Colts win where he's, he's walking off the field and he, and he looks into a camera and he goes, you see all these people cheering? They were booing me in week one. Soft. Now listen, now listen to them. Soft. He's soft. He's so that, soft. That, that kind of crap, man. I a men, like that, a mental midget. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like Taylor Lewan is a, he's a very self-aware human being. He's very self-aware, which is something I appreciate about him. How does he not notice the fact that every time he opens his mouth saying one thing or another, this team suffers. All right. He suffers. Mm-hmm. He Tannehill you know, suffers. Tannehill suffers. He, 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 you know, he talked a big game in the offseason. He was ready to get back. And then sure enough, he plays the worst game of his career in week one. Then, you know, then he gets injured. He kind of stays quiet. Week three, he has a great game. After week three, he, keep he your starts head down talking and move again. On and keep your keep your mouth shut after that. And, and on Sunday, he plays well. He plays. He, I mean, on Sunday, he plays like crap. So it, it, it's keeping this trend. Every are you are you, are you are you sensing the trend? Every time he talks, he sucks. He's staying off the bus this week, so maybe that leads to a big performance. I think he should stay off the damn bus the rest of the season. It should Go be an LeBron. off-season thing. LeBron James goes zero dark 30 during the playoffs every year for a reason. No distractions. That's why he's reading pages of the, the first pages of uh, what uh, the Godfather every <laughs> every time he enters an NBA arena. Like you want to be great. Learn he, from the people that are great. LeBron, Just, LeBron hasn't made it yet to chapter two, and he's been reading that book for years. <laughs> no, that's true. No one denies Taylor Lewan is a great talker. No one denies Taylor Lewan is entertaining as hell. Taylor Lewan has another career already set up for him after this career is over. No need to start it early, Taylor. Focus on this career. Please, on behalf of all Titans fans, focus on the career that got you to where you're at. And to Taylor Lewan, you know, all those fans that were cheering when you beat the Colts, if you put up another dud against the Jags, they're going to be booing again. Right, and you're gonna like, be and you're gonna and, be and you, getting you, teary eyed in press conferences because you, you can't, can't handle it. Exactly, you can't be doing this, dude. Like, just if you just stay out of the public eye. David Quisenberry played one of the worst games, almost as bad as Taylor <laughs> Lewan played Week One. Yeah. Okay, he played terrible on Sunday. He's not getting paid eighty million dollars, and he's also not getting ripped by the fans. He's not gonna get booed next week on Sunday. You know why? Because he keeps his mouth shut and he sticks to his cutting. Job. Dennis Kelly was one of the worst moves of this offseason. Really. You know a, a, the past few off seasons. Yeah, Dennis Kelly. That was another one. Him and Jack Conklin. I've got a, a side by side well, frame. Hey, I, I got let's, from. Let's from, stick from to the target. the John Robinson part of this because my well, next point comes back to him and his. Okay, wait, 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 and real quick, real quick to wrap up the Taylor Lewan stuff. The like, dude, like, and, and I hate the people that say shut up and dribble, shut up and play sports, shut up and stick to sports. I hate those people, but 
I'm I, the only reason I'm saying it here is I'm getting a trend of whenever Taylor Lewan opens his mouth. Let me take you real quick. Tw 2018, after the Titans beat the Eagles, they go three and one to go three and one. The 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 Eagles, who are the reigning Super Bowl champions, they beat them in overtime. I think we all remember the game. It was a phenomenal Titans game. After that game, Taylor Lewan talks to the media. And he says, it's time we start getting some national respect here in Nashville. The Titans end up losing the next three games to fall to three and four. They lose five of the next seven games. Okay. Every time Taylor Juan pounds his chest or opens his mouth and gets loud, there's a trend building. And that's the only reason why I'm like, Taylor, please, Just on behalf panic. of all Titans fans. Keep your head down and just do your job, do your work, and stay focused on winning this season because yeah. you are a big leader, whether you realize it or not. He's a leader on this team. And what if as what he says goes pretty much. So if you lead by example, the rest of the team will follow. Loose lips sink ships, Taylor Lewan. Remember that. Sorry, uh, I did not mean for that Taylor Lewan rant to go as Yeah, we're going to have to move quickly with these next two. Uh, but it. I'm sorry. But John Robinson's my next point. You know, the, the, the guys he's drafted are not contributing right now. Let's look at this year's draft. Caleb Farley, not you know, he's not healthy. I don't even know if he made the trip. Dylan Radens, healthy scratch. He didn't make the trip. He wasn't wearing pads, and he doesn't have an injury. He's drafted to be your right tackle, not panning out so far. Monty Rice, special team snaps. Elijah Molden, I didn't see out there. At least I didn't notice him out there. Uh, after after the tough game he had against the Cardinals, seems like they're kind of taking things a little slow with him. Although it, with Chris Jackson out this week, if he is out, uh, Elijah Molden's going to be back in there and they're going to need a better performance out of him. Des Fitzpatrick, IR, or not IR, excuse me, practice squad. <laughs> yeah. That's the only receiver you take. Uh, well, I guess you took Racy McMath, who's out there more than any other player because Rashad Weaver broke his leg last week. Racy McMath, your sixth-round pick, your wide receiver, who's not even taking offensive snaps, is pl is playing more than any of the other draft picks. Racy McMath still sounds like a player that the internet made up. <laughs> and then you go back to last year. Darrington Evans has been a massive disappointment. He can't stay healthy. Laryl Murchison's on the IR. Isaiah Wilson's on the Giants practice squad making rap albums. Christian Fulton's the only hit you've had in the last two seasons. Not only the only hit, but the only guy who is out there contributing at all at all on offense or defense. It's been pathetic. John Robinson's draft uh, is going is, to is putting the Titans Super Bowl window in major danger. I know. I know. And it's I feel like we bring it up every every after every loss. We don't we never we never focus on it all after the wins. Draft guys who are ready to play. I get but, it. It's worked in the past with Jeffrey Simmons, you drafted him with an injury. But you drafted Corey Davis with an injury and he's not he don't even get a second contract here. This is a theme. It's a bad theme. It's a bad trend. John Robinson, it, if the Titans aren't able, if, if depth is an issue it, and you're not drafting players who can come in and contribute, that's on you, John Robinson. I, as, as much as you've done great, the Tannehill trade, the Julio trade, the A.J. Brown hit, the Jeffrey Simmons hit in the draft, the Derrick Henry. Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, I think I, exactly. But did, all of all of that, that go, yeah. But that okay. goes away if if you're not able to win a championship, or at least not able to compete for one. And you said Derrick Henry, right? Yeah, Derrick Henry. Kevin okay. Byard, I believe, was his. Kevin, yeah, Kevin Byard was good. That was a good one. Um, you know, 
Yeah, just just rough, just rough all the way. Uh, Cole McDonald, did you mention him? Yeah, I did. Uh, I forgot to mention a Dory Jackson as well. Who? Now yeah, Cole McDonald. What do you think Cole McDonald's doing at this very moment? I, th- I think he's a quarterback for the Toronto Argonauts in this in the Canadian Football League. Really? I think that that's a legitimate Cole McDonald update. See, my my guess would have been surfing. Um, my last thing for Venters Alley, uh, backup kickers. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I think we're cursed. I I. Special teamers, really. This feels like we're living in a Stephen King thriller to where an old gypsy somehow cursed the Titans stadium. I And I don't know how, and I don't know why. I don't know what we did to deserve this. But if any type of kicker, punter, kicker, it doesn't matter. If if you put foot to ball for the Titans... <laughs> You, you are, you're, you're terrible. I'm, I'm sorry to say it. I wouldn't wish it upon anyone. And like, for whatever reason, even when like someone goes down with an injury and you have to have someone fill in, they're not any good either. Like that, they, that this team can't find a reliable, and I don't know what they're seeing in practice, but we had Johnny Townsend somehow punt a ball, 12 yards, 12 yard punt, 12 yard punt, national football league. Now, to his credit, it was originally noted 15, but then they but then they took three yards off of it and make it 12. That was just insult to injury. Uh, but like at least Trevor Daniel. At least he where are you going with this? Because Trevor Daniel was brutal. At least he had his kicks blocked. Like, <laughs> and that was the reason they only went 12 yards. Like Johnny Townsend, no one even was close to him. And he punted the ball 12 yards. And at least Trevor Daniel knew how to deliver. FedEx Not necessarily on a football field, but yeah, just, just from home to home. Uh, <laughs> Christmas season was probably huge for him. Yeah. Johnny Townsend, I don't know, dude. I, I mean, look, now granted, Johnny Townsend did have a couple of punts after that 12-yarder. That was awesome. But um, but when you lose a game by three in overtime, you think about the 12 about yard that. punts. That's all you think about. All you do is you think about the 12 yard punts. All right. So sue me. Okay. If I'm being a negative Nancy, sue me. We lost to the damn Jets. I'm going to talk about the 12 yard punts. Also, Randy Bullock missing a 49 yarder at the end of the game. Don't that's think a, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a tough kick. And I don't want to put it all on Randy. It Bullock is a tough kick. Because he rushed out there. It, that yeah. shouldn't have been 49 yards there. There was a delay of game penalty and right before that, that backed him up five more yards. You never know what, what, what happens if it's 44. Instead good point. Of and look, yeah, we don't want to clown on fat Randy. Fat I mean, Randy has, has saved this four. team more than he has hurt this team. Um, but uh, I, it is, it is, it is tough when, um, when, yeah. And, and, and it is tough that the, even if he would have made that, like I, I wouldn't have been happy. Like it, it was a lose lose for Randy. A tie is because like kissing your sister. A tie. Imagine kissing the freaking Jets, dude. Like, Ugh. gosh. Ugh. Anyway, oh, yeah. all right. The Jets are like your sister who's just come back from a, a mission trip in the in a third world country where, uh, let's let's be honest, Ebola and malaria and everything <laughs> was in the village, and you don't you that's that's a kiss you don't want to have. Oh my gosh. Wow. Uh, the Jets are a diseased sister. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. J E T S. Uh, all right. Um, Jack. Oh, well let's do, let's do one, one thing. Like we can't leave Venner's alley without like one positive. So I guess the positive is 
playing the Jaguars this week. Got the Jaguars know. this week. You beat them seven out of eight times. Derrick Henry goes off because, you know, that's where he's from around the Jacksonville area. Yeah. Um, but, man, I, the Titans are limping into this one. The only thing that's going to save the Titans or may save the Titans is there look like it looks like there's some major friction in the locker room in Jacksonville right now. Not that they needed that on top of all the other issues they have. Yeah. There is some major friction. And by friction, I literally mean friction. Literal we'll friction. Yeah. We'll get to that after the interview. But. Yeah. The someone's, uh, <laughs> let's just say someone's pants are getting tight. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, before we get to uh, Tucker, uh, let's get a word f- now from DraftKings. It's been a great start to the NFL season, and it's only getting better at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings is kicking off another week of action by giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $150 in free bets instantly, no matter what. And this football season, all customers can swing big with DraftKings same-game parlays. Same-game parlays allow you to combine multiple bets for a bigger payout. This week... Place the same game parlay on any NFL game, and you will be credited up to $25 if your bet loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, and the best part is you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z Sports to receive $150 in free bets instantly when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code A to Z Sports to get $150 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text Tennessee Redline. 1-800-889-9789. This week's guest might be one of the most interesting guests that we have had in this podcast history. I am so stoked to talk to this guy. He is a singer-songwriter. He's played the Opry. He's open for Luke Combs and Brantley Gilbert. Uh, But don't let his musical outer shell fool you. This dude has football in his bloodstream. Right, he is the grandson of NFL Hall of Famer Bobby Beathard. His brother is the quarterback for the Jags, CJ Beathard. And I think I'm safe in saying this, despite hosting alongside a Wildcat and for a company owned by a Wildcat. But he is Battleground Academy's finest, Tucker <laughs> Beathard. Dude, how are you, man? <laughs> Doing good. I don't. I don't know about Battleground Academy's finest, but I, I definitely did come out of Battleground Academy. <laughs> well, look, if it's if it's you versus uh, if it's if it's you versus Jack, I'm gonna go ahead and give you the 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 nod. Tuck, Tuck's got that nod, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a close one though. <laughs> oh man, well, Tucker, dude, we so here's how we like to roll with things. Like whenever we have a guest on, we always like to ask our toughest questions up front just to kind of get them out of the way and then kind of have fun the rest of the interview. So we do our heavy lifting up front. So I got to ask you, Tucker, during uh Jaguars training camp, Gardner Minshew said he, he wasn't pooping because number two, wasn't an option for him. You know, he did, he didn't want to be the Jaguars backup. 
Well, your brother is now the backup for the Jags. So my question is, do you know when was the last time he pooped? And uh, have you checked in recently on the bowel movements of your brother? Ah, <laughs> uh, that's a good question. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, it was kind of weird because like Urban Meyer kind of was kind of really liked CJ and, and was was uh, wanting him. And, and I know they were going to try to, you know, like trade Minshew and, and uh, took him a little longer to, to do that than I think we all expected. But I mean, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Minshew's a great dude or whatever, but you know, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that he uh, opened up the spot for my brother to, to be a backup. I mean, that's uh, especially a backup to like a younger guy. Cause it's like, you never really, never really know how that's going to work first year in the NFL. It's, uh, it's, um, it's a lot to learn. So it's, it's, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point, you know, he gets an opportunity to, to kind of jump in and, and get some playing time this year. I don't know. Now, when you say Urban Meyer likes your brother, like, would you say like to the point where like he would sit on a bar stool behind him and maybe <laughs> rub up against him inappropriately? Oh, gosh, <laughs> man, man, I, 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 I don't I don't have much to say about that. Uh, <laughs> Tucker, CJ didn't stick around in Columbus this weekend, did he? Yeah, yeah. No, he, he didn't. Thank God. Yeah, I'm I'm still still interested in uh, talking to talking to CJ and seeing uh, how how Urban addressed the team after after that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not used to. He's not used to losing, you know. So, so I mean, you yeah. you do stupid shit when you're when you're when you're uh, at a new low, you know. Yeah, and you you know they always say that the NFL is such a grind. I, I just didn't know that Urban Meyer would take it so literally. Yeah. <laughs> Golly, man, y'all are savage. <laughs> he, no, look, but- he's he's still learning the speed of uh, he's he's learning the speed of the, you know, of the NFL cover up (laughs) Mm -hmm. but but tucker you know you come from such a talented family and austin mentioned it at the start football and music it seemed like uh you were bound for one of the two uh he mentioned you know bobby bethard your grandfather who who won four super bowls in his time in the league um three with the redskins as a general manager and uh you know your your father who writes for all these big singers eric church kenny chesney gary allen all these guys did it feel like it was football or music growing up and nothing else was really, you know, you were kind of zoned in on either football or music? Well, I mean, like the the thing is like, with, I think like just because it, it, it definitely runs like so strongly in like our genes and like our, our blood and we're always like surrounded by one of the two, it kind of like naturally runs off. But I mean, it's, that's not to say like if, if I wanted to, if I was passionate about, you know, flipping burgers or whatever, like my, like my parents and my family would support that just as much as anything. It, it's, I think it's just like naturally, um, I don't know. I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of truth to like, for me and stuff like 
the apple doesn't fall far from the tree as far as like what you're passionate to do and and for me and my family it's that's a football more than anything honestly because it's just you can't get away from like I think it's probably the epitome of I can't think of like a a family that would be more a football family than our family because yeah it's just between cousins and brothers and everyone it's it's a non-stop really and at bga you know cj bethard came before you and you you know he obviously goes on to play at iowa gets drafted by the 49ers and and he was a quarterback at bga once he graduated it was your turn you took the reins once you graduated it was clay your younger brother's turn he finished out Mm -hmm. as quarterback at bga It, it it just seemed like you you know football like you said was in your blood you guys were built for that and um you know cj obviously is by far and away there's only a handful of guys in the entire world who can operate behind center at the nfl level cj happens to be one of them with your family it was it was football that you had a, a very strong pull to football and with bobby it being so high up in all these organizations you know gm for the, for the redskins like i mentioned gm for the chargers was there a moment growing up where you were like maybe in a locker room with him or just listening to one of his stories where you're like, Oh my God, my, my grandpa, he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it, we, we were very, um, it, like, especially looking back at it now, like very blessed to be able to experience the things that we experienced growing up. Cause I mean, shoot, we were, I was like homeschooled until like fifth grade or, yeah, fifth grade. So um, we had the freedom to to go, and, and we would go. Uh, at the time, there was a when we were younger. There was a there was a couple trips we made to like San Diego when he was at the Chargers, and um, got to meet like Junior Seau and like Rodney Harrison and those guys, and then um, which is cool. Um, but then what I remember the most is when he was at the Falcons during like Michael Vick's prime. Um, so we got to spend a lot of, and since it's so close, like we got to make a lot of trips down there. And, and um, you, I didn't really notice, like realize it at the time, cause it was like normal, just like hanging out in the, in the locker rooms at the facilities and, and like just being a part of that whole thing. Like it, you know, it didn't really know much better growing up, but looking back, like, man, it's, such a such a special opportunity and and just awesome such an awesome way as as kids to to like just grow up in that environment it was super cool and and a lot of i mean at the time i think the coolest thing for us was just like oh we get some free gear we get we can just pick up some free gear you know (laughs) And, and that was cool but but like being around and you know running into michael vick and and guys like that like it it's it, um, it definitely looking back now from an older age, it's, it's, uh, now very thankful to have such a cool opportunity. So Michael Vick in, uh, Madden 2004 is in my opinion, one of the greatest video game characters <laughs> in the history of video games. <laughs> and you, you Dude, got a, you got a chance to be around the actual Michael Vick, like yeah. just like was he as dynamic in person as he was like well one on the video game and and on the football field i guess 
I mean, I've never, never seen, even to this day, like hands down, he's by far the most exciting player I've ever, and I think anyone for the most part can say that I've ever seen <laughs> in an NFL football field. I mean, that's what he, like he was, man, he, he, he was special, but it's funny because like off the field, like walking around like facilities and, and like, you know, after practices and stuff like that, every time like I'd see him, um, man, he was like the chillest, like most laid back, <laughs> laid back dude, like super, super nice, super calm, quiet, just kind of walked kind of slow. And, uh, you wouldn't expect him to be so like electrifying on the football field. If you're just looking at him, carry himself off the field. It just, it's, he just flips a switch, I guess, in the games, and and it's um, man, he's he'll always be one of my favorite players of all time. A, a yeah. slow walker, but a very very fast runner. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, Tuck, I want I want to switch gears a little bit uh, to music here just for a second. Um, you know, being a songwriter like you are, um, and you know, learning from your father growing up, Casey, uh you draw from personal experiences and real, real life things uh, when you're writing, when you're writing these songs, but you have a song called 2010 Tennessee. And that song is about the Tennessee Vols beating Alabama in, in, in a football game. And, you know, kind of throughout the song, you update the score and what's happening and it's really cool, but uh, your creativity really shined through on this one because I, I don't know how you, you conjured up the imagination to where Tennessee would actually beat Alabama in a football game. Dude, it's a song about miracles, man. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that's the point. It's basically saying, like, the chances of me getting this girl back, you know, the relationship is going as the chances, like, chances of me turning my life around and getting this girl back. Like, I believe in miracles because, hell, I'm watching one right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much the concept. And it's like, I can't – who else am I going to use? I can't use, like, Florida and Alabama because, like, that's not that, – I've that, that can be done a lot easier than it could be done with Tennessee. <laughs> They're capable <laughs> of actually winning that game. You're right. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, I mean, and then not only that, you know, hey, if it happens, like, you heard it here first. <laughs> hey no I, I i i i love it you know that that makes me believe that i have a shot with like i don't know like blake lively or something you know like Dude, I just... it's, anything can happen man <laughs> anything can happen <laughs> i well I, yeah i gotta say i gotta side with jack on that one the creativity man it's just uh even even think of uh that being a possibility is uh is good on you now tucker i i got a question as a musician what and a former quarterback, uh, what would you say is harder to read? A defense or just actual music? <laughs> Dude, I can't do either, man. <laughs> I really can't. <laughs> like, I taught myself how to play all the instruments that I play and, and consider because I write my own music, it's like I don't really need to follow anything but my ear, you know? Yeah, so, like, yeah, I don't right. really care about the formality of you know reading music but but uh dude man i hated being a quarterback man i i hated it like i mean i was a good athlete and and stuff like that but when it comes to, like the, the mental side of of what it takes to 
I mean, let alone NFL or college, like next level. But even in high school, man, like I just wanted to go around. I just wanted to hit people. Like I didn't want to have to think so much, you know. And, yeah. But um, I had a good arm and I was a good athlete. But like I'm not. I'm, my both my brothers, my older brother and my little brother, were way way better quarterbacks than than me. I was just a. We went to BGA, it was a small school, and, and you know, so. Well, don't but, tell yeah, yourself, they're both tough. but, um, you know, football and music, these are two extremely cutthroat industries, um, uh, at the professional level. Now I, I know you didn't quite get that far in football, but you're there in music. Uh, you're on your, I, I believe, what is it? Your, your second label, um, CJ Beathard is on, your brother is on his second NFL team. Do y'all ever talk about like, man, the, you know, on the outside looking in, this is a fun industry, but when you're in there. It, it, it can get pretty serious, pretty cutthroat. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, I mean, it, it's a weird thing. Cause like, uh, like one side of it, it's like, man, like, man, I'm just super thankful to be able to do what I love and, and, and be able to do it full time. And, and like, there's nothing else I'd rather do. And, and CJ would say the same thing. Um, but there's definitely just like anything, you know, there's, it's, uh, it's got its you know there's some tough things about the, the business there's a lot of pressure um and i'm just kind of speaking on both both that me and cj both kind of talk about sometimes for both of our industries there's a lot of a lot of pressure a lot of expectations and and um you know there's also a lot of uh you know like you you a, a lot of there's a lot of politics involved more than you would think um which that kind of sucks, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, like what's, what's good. Like what is, you know, like this or that, like a lot of times that there, there's just a lot of, a lot of politics and a lot of mainstream um, influences and kind of getting away of some things. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's just awesome to be able to, to do what, what we love. So, I mean, our whole lives, like growing up, that was always CJ's dream to be in the NFL, to be in the NFL. It was my dream to be, be playing music and, and performing and stuff like that. So just being able to do that is pretty sick. Do you have a, uh, a what's on your bucket list for your musical career? Like, is there, is it a, you know, maybe a venue you want to play or someone you want to play or work with? Uh, what, what do you got at like in towards the top of that list? Yeah, um, shoot, I mean, I think I definitely wouldn't, um, I got to play Red Rocks a, a couple times, which was, was like 100% like a bucket list, and yeah. because of that venue, yeah. I think now I probably have to say, like, it'd be sweet to be able to headline Red Rocks, like, that would be, yeah, that'd be pretty awesome. But um, but just getting to play there was was definitely something that was on my bucket list, no doubt. And you 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 had an album come out last year called King. Um, I know it was really special to you. It's a, it's an awesome album for those who are listening that haven't heard it. Go check it out um, on it on his Spotify or wherever you listen to music. But can you kind of take us through the making of King and really um, just what it means to you? Yeah, I mean it's kind of a product of a. Uh, bunch of songs that I've had 
stored up for a while and and um things weren't really working out with my first label there wasn't a lot of like creative freedom so i ended up buying out of out of that record deal just to have the freedom to be able to go in and just make an album however i wanted to and put whatever i wanted on there and and that's really what i did with that and then eventually warner brothers signed signed me and and took that's took ownership of that album too but i i got the creative freedom to do it in the first place and just kind of add whatever's on there and it's kind of just a story of, uh, for me it's a process just a bunch of chapters in a book in my, in my opinion and and especially with my little brother passing away the gate which was two years ago almost and so it got that and then songs from four years ago on there so it's just uh it, it's just a for me i just think of albums like books you know and each chapter is mm-hmm. something different How's that feel to kind of finally have that creative freedom to kind of basically, you know, almost like take the handcuffs off and be able to do more of what you want to do? Oh man, it's awesome. I mean, that's kind of, especially for me, like I, I, I've never really been a, really cared about like popularity or, or like money and stuff like that. I just like making music that I like. And, you know, when, if you're stuck in somewhere where they think it's just, all about you know whatever works and selling out and stuff like that it's like man that's that's a, a nightmare to be in for someone who really wants to just you know creatively make music and um so that couldn't really ever uh for anything better than than to have that freedom yeah it'd be like playing for a bad coach i feel like if you're a quarterback um <laughs> yeah, it'd be like it'd be like michael vick it'd be like somebody signing Michael Vick in his prime and then expecting him to only do what Peyton Manning did. You know, it's like, who he is, you know, it's like, let him be who he is, you know? Yeah. Hey, Hey Mike, welcome to the team. We're only running I formation. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Draw back, stay in the pocket and work from there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Right. So, so that makes us, that's a great comparison. Hey, uh Jags Titans on Sunday uh are you pulling for the Titans are you pull obviously you're pulling for your brother at all times Tucker Bethard will be supporting CJ but in this in this particular game I know you've lived here for a while Tucker who are you taking the Titans or the Jags well I mean as far as who I want to win I definitely take the Jags Mm. but if I had to actually like making like if I was a betting man, I, I would probably I don't know if I'd put my money on them. Um, but you know I'll go down with the Jags. Yeah, the, the Titans are coming off a bad a bad loss. Um, right, right. It, the the Titans prove that if they can lose to the Jets, they can lose to anyone. Uh, so that is, that's true. <laughs> so Tucker, I I want to ask like you know. You know, this is the Tighten Up podcast. So obviously, and we are, Jack and I are, I mean, like we will, we do not shy away from the fact that we are two of the biggest homers that you will ever meet when it comes to Titans football. Um, I, I, I got to ask you this, since, you know, CJ is the backup. I mean, don't you think you, me and Jack are kind of all on the same page when it comes to rooting 
against Trevor Lawrence. Like we want him to throw multiple picks. We want him to get sacked, (laughs) you know, like just do play terrible because then maybe it means, Hey, CJ comes in. Like, so until CJ comes in, wouldn't you say we're all on the same page here? Uh, Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'll admit, like, I mean, for sure. Like when he was at San Francisco, like, like, I mean, just being honest, like, I like I didn't want them to win a game unless he was playing. Like, and I mean, but like, as far as now, it's like, man, I would like to see. I would like to see that their team, like the Jaguars, like their team, be come together a little bit. And you know, because like, if CJ does get the opportunity to go and play, you know, it's like it'd be nice to be on like rolling with a team that's kind of clicking and, and playing, you know, pretty good. Cause, cause he definitely, definitely had to jump in and, and be that guy for the same, for the, for the 49ers when, when they were really and right. uh, situation to be in. So like, you know, to some extent, like I, I'd, it'd be nice to see their team and, and who he's working for. Like, you know, do do a little better, but and, and not only that, like Trevor seems like a good dude, and and CJ has but good things to say about him. So you know, and and CJ knows how it is to be new in the NFL and be put in a tough spot with a tough team who's figuring some things out and kind of getting earning his stripes. So you know, to some extent, um, I definitely definitely changed my mind a lot on that um, over the, this year, but. You know, I'd, I'd have to definitely agree with you on, <laughs> on that part. Yeah, hey, hey, Tuck, I know you're a busy man. And um, before we go, I want to ask, you got anything coming up that you want to tell the people about or uh, or, or promote? I know you've been working on something. Um, yeah. What, yeah. What's when, coming up for you? When's the next album hitting us? Yeah, man. I've I'm, I'm, uh, been writing a lot this year, and, and um, I'm going in to record in December. And uh, super excited about that, and and with once once I do that next year, I'll probably be touring a lot and and um, promoting promoting that whenever that that comes out. But yeah, it's kind of just been taking it kind of kind of slow and, and working mm-hmm. to put out a new project next year and. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, um, an, an insider exclusive look, maybe some breaking news. What, what's that album going to be called? Can you can you say on on this podcast? Ooh, good question. Shoot, I haven't thought that far yet. I'd like <laughs> <to hear it. laughs> I'll take suggestions. Bro. Okay. What about all right? So you've got you've got the album King. What about the next album being King Henry? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll think about that. Yeah, <laughs> I, look, you'll be guaranteed to sell at least two thousand copies. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean, if it's gonna guarantee, if the Titans fan will guarantee buy it, then shoot, I'll consider it for sure. Okay. Maybe <laughs> hey, maybe rework that twenty ten Tennessee song to uh, you know, Titans Jaguars or something. Yeah, I'm just throwing out <laughs> ideas. Yeah, but it'd probably be more of a miracle if the Jags beat. That's good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh man. Well, look. Yeah, Tucker. Look. I mean, look. I don't want to. I don't want to toot our own horn, but this podcast has some pool. We got Young Buck, 
on the pregame playlist at uh, at Nissan Stadium for Titans games. I'm pretty sure if you if you dropped an album called King Henry, we could get our full podcast, uh, like our our listening base, the Tuppers. We could get them full <laughs> support and and get that get that album up the uh, up the Billboard charts without question. Shoot, man, I'll I'll, uh, I'll consider that. Sure. <laughs> All right. All right. That's all we're asking. Just consider. That's all we're asking. You know? Just consideration. You know, we're just going to slide across the table. You take it. You know, you either take it with you or leave it right there. Either way, you know, no, no harm. Yeah, no, no I, pre- I appreciate that. That's uh, that's good to know. <laughs> well, Tucker, dude, we want to thank you for taking the time, man. You, this has been awesome. Uh, you, you're just a great dude and a extremely talented dude. And uh, we're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to get you back on again hopefully uh hopefully sometime soon and and definitely whenever uh whenever the next album drops for sure man yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it thanks tucker there are no flags on the field it's a miracle tennessee has pulled a miracle thank you so much to tucker great dude got to get him back on uh the podcast um and Jack, since, you know, obviously his brother plays for the Jaguars, let's let's talk about the Jaguars. Uh, Titans are playing him this week. Look, I, I don't think there's ever a bad time to play the Jaguars, but the Titans somehow managed to find the best time to play the Jaguars. Um, Urban Meyer, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> You're only, he's only 0-4, and, and Tucker mentioned it. You know. Only, only. What happens when you're used to having all the success and then boom, you're coaching the Jaguars. You blow a 14 point lead on Thursday night um, in the state where you are revered. And I mean, urban Meyer will never pay for another drink, probably never another meal in the state of Ohio with all he did at Ohio state, but he stays. So when the team plane comes back to Jacksonville, he stayed for, for, for the reason he, he mentioned to, have dinner with his grandchildren. Oh, sure. Right. Of course. And then yeah. he met think, a couple people out after. And right. I think we all, I think, I think, look, let he who hasn't had dinner with their grandchildren turn into, grind, turn into grinding into hot co-eds at a bar, cast the first stone. Okay. <laughs> all right. Like, look, everyone, everyone here is it. quick to judge urban, but all right. Like who hasn't gone out to dinner with their grandkids and then wound up on TMZ uh, grinding up his, his PP up against some young girl's booty. And it, it's so bad because it, not only do you lose to the Bengals, which is always bad and the Titans for as bad of a week as they had, the Jaguars are in a much worse place. You could, when things are looking down for the Titans, you can always look over to the Jaguars and be like, God, man, it's bad over here. Yeah, yeah right. At least it's right. not that bad. Yeah, Hey, Titans fans, you think it's bad losing to the Jets? Imagine losing to the Bengals and then having your coach wind up with uh, all over Snapchat with freaking – did you see oh, – what's the tougher look for the Jaguars? Their 0-4 start or their head coach uh, flirting with a girl who eventually posts to IG stories that – who is this man? He keeps flirting with me. <laughs> you never like, want to get. You never want to be the the who is this man guy. No, and Meyer also found himself in that situation. How about Herb, dude? First of all, I, and I'm pretty sure the bar he was at was his own bar. Was it his own restaurant? Mm, I'd say I could did. be wrong. I could be wrong there, but there was there was definitely a picture of him and his wife Shelly on the wall. A giant. There's a giant like mural 
uh, a uh, just a huge um, what's the word a, a collage of just all Urban Meyer photos, and one of which is him hugging his wife Shelly uh, on this at this bar where he's grinding up to this hot co-ed. She doesn't know who he is. And he's rocking the Ohio State quarter zip pullover. Mm-hmm. Jack, first of all, it's always a bad look, you know, when like the college kid comes back to high school rocking his high school letterman jacket. Yeah. That's pretty much what we got here with Herb. Good point. He, he, he's an NFL coach now and he's going back rocking his Ohio State quarter zip hoodie. But but also like you can't sit there and tell me that this wasn't premeditated by Herb. He's in Ohio, okay? He's rocking his Ohio State gear rather than his Jaguars gear because he wants to get recognized. He wanted to like people to come up to him and maybe grind on his wiener. You I know, like I think that Urban Meyer was the reason Facebook and Instagram were was shut down the other day. I think he <laughs> was behind the shutdown. And when, when if you, anyone can pull some strings like that, it's Urban Meyer. It is Urban Meyer. And you know, he's used the 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 the, the heart murmur and the health issues. Um, to get out of jobs before maybe that card's exhausted and he's going back to the I need to spend more time with my family maybe, yeah. maybe that's the excuse he's ro- he's rocking with well I don't well, know look it look if 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 that's what it if if what we saw on video is what it means to have dinner with his grandkids then yeah I'd want to spend more time with my my family too and in Jacksonville there, there were reports and it was an ugly day on Twitter for Urban Meyer because the players in Jacksonville were pissed at Urban. Uh, they, you know, there's reports saying that he has no credibility in that locker room. Um, that he didn't. That he canceled team meeting, uh, the team meeting on Monday, and only told position groups. So he didn't address the team as a whole. He pulled position groups aside, and one player even said, "We looked at him like, what the hell." Right when he left, everyone started dying laughing, and he knew it. They're laughing behind their head coach's back, and you're playing for the Jaguars. This could be your last stop in the NFL, and you're laughing at the guy who dictates whether or not you're on that roster. That's how bad things are in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. It doesn't get any worse. We So we have a segment on this podcast where we laugh at the Texans, and you mean to tell me that the Jaguars were doing that segment but for their own head coach? Literally, <laughs> right when the door shuts. And, you know, Mike Lombardi, who's a trusted NFL source, says there's a ton of closed door meetings that are going on in the football offices with the owner. You see Shad Khan release a statement um, where, where they're saying he pretty much has to regain our trust. Yeah. Uh, and they, he said, you know, I'm confident Urban will do that. I'm not so confident that he will. Yeah. Mike Lombardi said this might get ugly. So, you know, maybe a loss to the Titans. Maybe the Titans can bury the first coach of the NFL season by beating the Jags on Sunday and sending Urban Meyer to his desired destination. It's no secret. Urban wants back in the college game. He's had a taste of the Duval County, and he doesn't like it. He no. sees that USC opening out, out west in California, and he wants that one. If he loses against the Titans, I believe that Urban Meyer will be fired. Oh, and wow. it, it has to be an ugly loss. It can't be an overtime loss. Oh, I hope it has it is to be a drumming. Yeah, I would love that uh, for more reasons than than one. But uh, but yeah, imagine like his, his the Jaguars owner, Shad Khan. All right, we all have a visual image of him in our heads. If not, go ahead and Google image search Shad Khan, Shahid Khan. Um, hey, what, what, is that even has a head coach been fired before in just five games after being hired in the offseason? Um, I know Maybe some he won't college be fired after the Titans, but man, he's going to be in deeply hot water, boiling water. 
yeah, some college coaches have been fired before ever even coaching their first game. Um, and uh, even the Astros hired Carlos Beltran uh, as their manager. And <laughs> that then was a bad he, hire. Yeah, he got or, – or no, was it the Mets? It was the Mets. They hired they Carlos Beltran. Mets, yeah. and, and, and he got fired before even – that was a short stint. My, I of think, course I think, it's the Mets. Yeah, uh, but so so yeah, it has happened in sports before. But yeah, five games into a season I, in the NFL, that Ed, I don't know if it's quarterback ever who you're supposed to be developing, and you know, right? That's that's what this whole marriage was was made for. I, players are laughing at Urban Meyer, right? But it has been one thing after the next with Urban since he been since he got hired there. It's been one scandal after another, and maybe that is because people just don't like Urban, so more reports are going to come out, but. It, it has not been a good look since he started. And imagine Shahid Khan walking in and that guy being upset with you. Like that guy being mad at you. That dude with the mustache. I would be looking straight in the mustache. Yeah. I would not like I would not be able to not laugh. I would be like, <laughs> I'm look, I'm so sorry, Mr. Khan. But like, can you I'm sorry. Can you like can we maybe can you shave that mustache before you chastise me? Like, I'm sorry. I can't focus on anything else. I like, that would be it's so thick. awkward. I, I feel I, now I'm starting to feel bad for urban. <laughs> like that. He even Being has to in a room with that. with that mustache alone. Yeah. Right. Um, it's ugly out in Jacksonville. And, and thank God, you know, this is a, a get right scenario for the Titans. They've still may be down Julio Jones and AJ Brown um, and Bud Dupree. But you hope without those three, I mean, you hoped you could beat the Jets without those three. But now you're looking at the Jaguars who are in a just major turmoil. You've got to beat the Jags this week. If you lose to the Jags this week, seats will be warming up in Tennessee. If, I, if the Titans lose to the, the – Shane Bowen the and, and Todd Downing, a loss to the Jags would do something for their seats. They, they would be – their butts would be on fire. If the Titans lose to the Jaguars this week, I um I don't know I'm trying to think I I I'm going to I'm going to grind on uh someone at a bar um I don't know I'm just trying to think of something that I would do cuz I I would Your wife wouldn't appreciate that. I would I will be on like you would need to call, you would need to call me Jack after the after the game on Sunday if they lose to the damn Jaguars. I you will need to call me and 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 it would be just, one of those 20 minute FaceTimes where maybe six words are said. Yeah. Then you just, just feel quiet, better. After. Just a quiet, and I'm just like, and you just have to keep an eye on me. You just have to, Austin, Austin, nope, Austin, get step away from the stove, Austin, Austin, <laughs> don't do it, Austin. I, what are you leave are you your going toaster, with toaster in the kitchen? Where are you going with that toaster, Austin? No, stop. You no. Turn, you, the, turn the bath off. Turn it off. Turn the bath off, Austin. <laughs> stop it. Oh, please don't let that happen. I do not want to have to talk Austin down from the ledge, Titans. Austin, the forks do not go in the electrical outlet, Austin. Come on. <laughs> All right, let's get to remember the Titan, finish this thing out. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll go first because I feel like it's semi-relevant to uh, to where the Titans are right now. Um, okay. I'm going with a Mr. Irrelevant. I think this may be our first Mr. Irrelevant, remember the Titan. Okay. He goes by the ni- name of Ryan Barrow Suckup. Yep. He's a kicker with a Super Bowl ring, and it did not come with the Titans. He's actually the first Mr. Irrelevant to ever be drafted. Not not to ever be drafted. He's the first Mr. Irrelevant to have played in and won a Super Bowl in the NFL. So that's a stat that surprised me when, that when, I, really, when I got yeah. into this. 
That's a really um, cool stat. You know, Ryan, so the Titans are working with Randy Bullock right now. And while <laughs> oh, Fat Randy's been great, Fat, Fat Randy's been great for the Titans, aside from the 49-yard miss to lose the game to the Chief, or to the, the Jets. Ryan Suckup's in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady um, having tons of success. He missed one field goal on Sunday night against the Patriots, but he bounced back, hit some big field goals, including, I believe, what was a – I want to say it was like a 50-something yarder that he hit. Uh, I believe it was over 50 yards. But Suckup spent five years in Kansas City after being drafted as Mr. Irrelevant. And then six years with the Titans, six great years with the Titans, where he played in every single game up until the 2019 season. He got injured, came back a little too early, missed a bunch of kicks. The Titans said, ah, he may be at the end of the line. Then they turn him to the Tampa Bay Bucks. He, you know, he, they cut him. They say, all right. You know, the suck-up era is over. Loved having you, but we can't keep you here any longer. So they release him. What does he do? Goes to Tampa Bay last season, wins the Super Bowl, and hits on 90%, 90% of his kicks last season. I'm jumping out the window. <laughs> it's sad. It sucks. But, uh, yeah, I, I wanted to talk a little bit a little bit about Ryan Suckup, South Carolina graduate. Um, and, you know, he's done a lot of stuff in the NFL, just unfortunately – he had his best season right after the Titans let go of him. As as you know, I guess it wasn't his best season, but uh, 90% is 90%. You take that when you can get it, especially when you're signing Mike Vrabel's friends to come and kick for you at the ripe age of 40. Oh, Jack, I like I just think back. I think back. You know, I I I'm I'm glad Mike Malarkey was let go when he was let go. I was so done with the Mike Malarkey Erica. Yeah, era. that was that was brutal. That was tough to endure. But there were some players on this roster during the Mike Malarkey era that I wish were still on this team. Ryan Suckup, Jack Conklin. Uh, um, was Dennis Kelly on the team back then? Dennis Kelly was traded for DGB. DG, that was the DGB trade. Yeah, so, so that was like he was there. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was I think 2017 maybe. So yeah, so I'm pretty sure he was there. Like they're just guys that I just some dudes, dudes that I wish were on this year's roster uh, that are not. And look, hopefully, may you know, three years from now, I'll be looking back at this roster and being like, man, I I wish we had that roster. But right now, I, I lose we're to the Jets. Being like I love this roster. I didn't, yeah. I don't wish for any other other player. Right. Like right now, that, that was the Super Bowl winning roster. That's what the way J Rob's been drafting. I don't know that that's going to pop up. Oh, yeah. Let's just look. I know. I know. We're being we're being negative, Nancy's. But damn it, I this is our one week to do it. You know, we got to get it all out. No sugar. Negative. Coke. Yeah. This is look. When you lose to the Jets, you have to be negative for the whole podcast, and that's what we're doing. Uh, my remember the Titan. Uh, look, losing to the Jets may be a pain, but my remember the Titan is a Spain. Mm. <laughs> uh, I just wrote that. Um, he, uh, Quentin Spain. Quentin Spain is my remember the Titan. Uh, you guys remember him. He was signed by the Titans as an undrafted free agent in 2015. Played college football at West Virginia. He's a mountaineer. And he, he kind of looks like a mountain. Uh, if you look at him, big old belly on this. Big dude. Yeah, big dude. Just a big dude. He's played in 79 games. He started 74 of them. Um, one cool thing, uh, he was released from the Buffalo Bills on my birthday of 2020. I bet he did not think that was as cool as you did. Probably not. 
Probably not. I just, I, whenever I see my birthday on someone's Wikipedia page, I get excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reasonable. So, yeah. um, he, he missed the Titans week seven London game against the Chargers. Um, that was one of the few games he missed. That's kind of a buzzkill. Uh, he notably blocked for Derrick Henry as he was named AFC Offensive Player of the Month in December of the 2018 season. Um, love that's like being the worst. Game. That's like being the worst debater on a debate team that wins the national title, and you're just like, yeah. I mean, y- y- you see this? It, I, I got a ribbon just like all the other guys did. I mean, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I was getting him hurt more than anything, but you know, I I played up there. Yeah, it's like uh, Robert Ori bragging about the Spurs titles, you know? <laughs> Man, like, Robert Ori slander. Okay. Yeah, no, I know that wasn't fair. Robert Ori made some big shots. Robert Ori, yeah, he was pretty clutch. Um, I guess uh, maybe Nick. I don't know. I'm trying to think. It Matthew like, Delavadova. Uh, uh, Bill Wennington <laughs> with the Bulls. Bulls <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> all right, uh, so Quinn Spain. Honestly, I kind of wish he was still a Titan just based off of how this offensive line played on um, on Saturday. I mean, on Sunday, uh, Spain. Here's a fun tidbit about Quentin Spain. Hosted a football skills camp. And honestly, and, and Jack and I went over this before the podcast. I don't know if I've done Quentin Spain before. If I have, I am sorry. We're to that point where it's like we don't remember who we've done on this podcast. We've had uh, done 83 episodes. This So that means, what, over 160? 166. Yeah, mm-hmm guys that we've done on remember Titan. So it's very possible. I've done Quentin Spain. This sounded familiar. And so I don't remember if I've done him or not, but if, if I did, I'm sorry, if I didn't, this is a cool fact. He hosted a football skills camp the last three years in his hometown of Petersburg, Virginia during his camp, uh, July 1st, that's my parents' anniversary, 2017, uh, Petersburg, uh, mayor, Sam Parham, gave Spain a proclamation and a, and officially declared that day, my parents' anniversary, July 1st, Quentin Spain Day. How about that? Huh? Mm. So if you go, if you go to uh, Petersburg on July 1st, just get ready for the Quentin Spain There's Day. There's got to be better stuff going on on July 1st than just Quentin Spain Day. They must have had a lot of a lot of calendar space to just be like, you know what, Quentin Spain, you got a day. You you want a day? July first. That's a great that's a great summer day too. It's a great I'm, summer day. Yeah, Jack. I don't know why you're slandering Quentin Spain here. Quentin no, Spain I mean, day. No, I'm just I'm, I'm slandering Petersburg, West Virginia. On my list of favorite holidays, it goes it goes Halloween, Christmas, Arbor Day, and then a very close fourth, Quentin Spain Day. Arbor Day up there. Okay. You, people forget about the trees. You I, know? Like the, I like the I like the the Sonic. What was it? I think it's the National Corn Dog Day or something where they do one dollar corn dogs. That's, that's oh, that a is one. a good day. That that's is a good. Oh, National Donut Day. We actually did you know there's actually two National Donut Days in America? Wow, that actually is on brand for America. One in June and one in November. It's actually pretty funny. That yeah, is I bet Quentin Spain knows all about both of those days. You, you got to think that other countries just laugh at the fact that we have two uh, National Donut Days. Yeah. Well, I mean, suck it. Americans. suck it, Europe. Yeah. Get your own donuts. Yeah, you look, you look. If you if you created something as delicious as a donut, you would probably create two donut national donuts. I'm days. not positive that America created the donut, but I'd like to believe that we did. Okay. Well, uh, good thing we have the handy dandy internet to uh, come up with how we uh, where the donut came from. Uh, Jack. Uh, oh, that is also, such a, just a fat move to come up with a donut. So I do think that maybe we did. 
the last sentence of uh, Quentin Spain's Wikipedia page. He is married to Alexandra. <laughs> that's it. Is it yeah, like a, Alexandra it. the Great? Uh, do you my... do you think Alexandra Spain, his wife, added that to his Wikipedia page? Like, do you think she was the mm, one? That would be funny. That would be that would be a funny like uh, marriage thing. Hey, go look at your Wikipedia. Uh, the earliest origins of modern donuts are generally traced back to the all oily cake Dutch settlers brought with them to early New York. Oh, so it is. These, uh, I guess it's it, it's um. We we stole so we stole it from the Dutch and claimed yeah. it as our own. Well, yeah, I think it. Like look, it. if you steal some, it's it's officially yours now. You yeah, know? That's a good point. I don't think anyone needs to ask any questions about. Yeah, ask Christopher where Columbus. We, yeah. Where we got it from? When you steal things, you lie about where you took it from, right? Like, hey, is that is that is that my raincoat? No, man, this is my, no. Where'd you get it? Uh, the store. You know, like you always lie mm -hmm. when you yeah. do steal stuff. So let's you just lie about where we got the yeah. where we got donuts. You're right um all right uh well here we are the end of another damn podcast going off the rails talking about donuts <laughs> um speaking of donuts hopefully the the titans defense pitches one on sunday uh against the jaguars um i i honestly they don't even have to i i'll just take a win at this point i just don't care if get, it's a walk-off it win just give me a win three and two looks so much better than two and three especially when you've got the bills the Chiefs, the Colts, the Rams, and the Saints on the horizon. You got to get this one. Last week, we were laughing at the Colts about how they started 0-3. We were laughing at them. That was a perfect situation they're, to just put put the Colts away for a while. To beat the one, damn They're 1-3, Jack. They're one, they're one game behind the Titans in the standings. Yeah. They're one game behind the standings. They started 0-3, Titans started 2-1, and, and now they are one game behind the Titans in the standings already. Like... We were t way too damn quick to laugh at the same team. old Titans. Just can't put them away. Oh, can't win the gosh. games. They've, they've, they've we got to win. I'm every, pretty sure every... last week we talked about how awesome it would be in December to have like a couple game lead on teams to where like we didn't, we weren't stressing That's out of every the game. window. That, That's that out. We are going to be stressing window. so hard come December. Damn it. Oh, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Guys, uh, follow A to Z Sports on all the socials. You need to. I don't know why you're not, if you're not. Uh, just go ahead and follow them. It'll make your timeline better uh, when it comes to all things Tennessee sports. Also, follow uh, at Titan Up Pod on Twitter. Follow at Titan Up Podcast on Instagram. Great Twitter content from not just this podcast, but just Titans like highlights. It is Jags Hate Week. We, we post highlights every week. Um, we, we, you know, just a lot of fun inside jokes from this podcast, but just, and just Titans news as it happens, we will retweet it and share it and everything. So just make your timeline better. Follow, uh, this podcast on the social medias. Also follow my guy, Jack, Jack, a Gentry on Twitter. Give him a follow. Well worth it. I, I guarantee it. If, if, Look, if you follow Jack and you come to me in like two weeks and be like, yeah, I've, I've followed him for the last two weeks. He sucks. I will give you your money back. Okay. Wow. Am I, I will, is at Jack Age Entry a new podcast sponsor? It is a money back guarantee. Okay. And if you mention A to Z Sports sent you, I'll give you 10% off following Jack. Okay. <laughs> so if like, it's, it's 10 a great deal. His, Sounds great. If 10% of his jokes just suck, you don't even have to read them. I'll oh, give you God. that. That'll, that'll be. Yeah, bad news for you guys. At least 10% of my jokes. So. 
you'll get 10% off. Uh, also, if you want to, you can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Uh, Jack, you got anything for the road? Got to beat the Jags. Do your job. Hold each other accountable. Defense. Freaking get it together. I, I mean, the big plays have to stop. I'm looking at Taylor Lewan this week. The offensive line, that's got to be shored up. I Look, I know we're down. We're, we may be down Roger Saffold at left guard. Ben Jones banged up. Lewan got banged up. Just protect Ryan Tannehill at all costs. Do whatever you can. Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry have to be healthy by week six. Just don't get them hurt. Don't mess it up. Oh, I'm sorry. I asked if uh, if 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 Jack had anything for the road. Not Newt Rockney. What that? What are you giving a a speech for the a win one for the Gipper speech to the team? How many Titans do you think listen to this podcast? Oh, probably zero. I mean, I think zero is the safest bet of them all. Um, Here you are, Isaiah. You got anything for the road? I, and you're giving a pep talk of, to the damn team. More of me convincing myself that you okay. Know, this all right. Needs now to that happen. I can accept. Yeah. That I can accept. Hey, Titans fans, look. Don't get. Let's not get negative. Well, anymore. You can get negative. Look, we're all negative all week. You have until Thursday to be negative. You have until Thursday to be negative. Get all your negativity out by Thursday. But after Thursday, we're moving on. All right. It's it's a 24 hour rule for the players. For 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 fans, it's it's like a it's like a four day rule. Okay. You've got four days to just be negative as all you want. You can point fingers and all that crap if you want. But come Thursday, look, we're moving on. There are there have been there have been bad teams have lost bad games. Super Bowl winning teams have have lost bad games in history. Okay. And then this might just, this That's might just be the Titans. This might just be the Titans. Okay. So let's put it behind us. Let's go on. Let's let's kick the Jaguars act ass. Um, let's. Sorry, I did not mean to say ass and Jaguars in the same sentence. Urban, keep keep it keep like, it in your, keep your pants, pants, Urban. Dude. Herb, keep it in your pants. All right. Um. I hope Derrick Henry goes off for like 200 and just stiff arms a couple of dudes in the face uh, and gets us back to our where we're memeing defenders where we're we're back to being happy Titans fans because I miss those days. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna take it upon myself to label the woman who grinded on Urban Meyer a Titans fan because she's done the Titans a great favor. Titans have to take advantage. Titans fan grinded on Urban Meyer. It happened. That's what we're rolling with. Pump it out. Get it to TMZ. Right. A Titans fan. It was a Titans fan. Look, after Urban Meyer. Titans fans, look, she's doing her part. What are you doing to help the team win? You know, what are you doing? One-way ticket to Duval County. Shake your ass in whatever bar Urban goes to. I don't know. We can right. figure it out, though. Just wear your, wear, your, uh, wear your mask when you go down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. they don't wear want a- you... Don't uh, want you getting COVID and or if you're grinding up on urban, any STDs. Just mm-hmm. wear your mask on both your face and your and your dick. Just do it. Be safe, uh, guys. Be safe. Be safe. All right. We love you guys. Uh, we honestly, uh, best listeners in podcast history. Uh, give leave us a rating and a review. Give us four and a half stars or, or in the leave us a five star rating in the review. Say four and a half stars to the tighten up idiots and 0.5 stars to Buck. Let him know. We share this podcast feed with him. Let him know where those stars are he going. He doesn't to. even get a full star. A half of a star goes. A to half Buck. of a star for Buck. Or, or you could say the half a star to uh, what's the um, the Big Orange podcast? Big Orange podcast. They've star. been doing great. Maybe the the Nashcast. Uh, is that the the Predators? Yeah, Alex Doherty and, and yeah. those guys. 
Give yeah, uh, give them a, a half. Really star. a great podcast feed. Go check out the other guys too. Yeah, check them out. Uh, we love you guys. Seriously, thanks so much for listening. And uh, hey, uh, let's beat the Jaguars. And until next week, tighten up. up. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the 